<laughs> there, can you guys hear that jam? Yeah. That means that we're starting the ruminations. We're going to ruminate on some shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Although, you know, honestly, the, the fade in, fade out works a lot better when you do it through logic. So that's probably the first and last time I'm ever going to do that. <laughs> um, so, hey, welcome to Ruminations from the Red Room. Today we are rocking an impressive five-guest uh, roster and uh, a couple returns, some folks who've never been on the show together. So it's actually going to be a, a lot of fun. And I'm going to call it by my screen so that I can keep track up in the upper left corner of my screen, we've got uh, Mike, uh, also known as Hoptimus, joining us from the TAG uh, podcast and uh, affiliates and websites, et cetera, et cetera. Mike, how's it going? It's going awesome, dude. How about you? It is spectacular. I'm so excited to do this because I cannot wait to hear some of the uh, the alchemy that's going to come out of these opinions right here between <laughs> these guys on the screen right now. It's going to be beautiful. And <laughs> and then directly to, to uh, next to him, I've got another Mike who's joining us again. Mike. Oh. Well, you can call me Mike, Michael, whatever. Harvick doesn't matter. How's okay. it going, brother? Just call him fake Mike. Just call, I'm going to call yeah, him fake Mike. <laughs> All right, that works. Welcome back, welcome back. And then uh, down into my left, we've got Triple uh, C coming out of the Deep South. Charlie? Hi, Dirty South represent. <laughs> you know, what's really fun, and our audience can't grasp the enormity of this coincidence, we've got Triple C on the left, and on the right, we got Triple J. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> James, what's up, man? It is so good to see your pretty face. Oh, uh, likewise, good, sir. Uh, things are good. Uh, much like Mikey here, I have been playing... A lot of Streets of Rage Four. Like I've got the, uh, I've got like the the cherry red sore thumbs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which you know tell you tell you everything. Like it's just, we'll get into it. You know, um, <laughs> I just gotta say, man, just because I got, I, I want to pay you this compliment. Like, you, not that you don't represent well in in real life, but on screen, you represent so very well. Like just, well, thank you. Yeah, so pretty, so pretty. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so wow. now, <laughs> what's that? Some man love there, dude. I'm, I'm never afraid of expressing the man love. That's I'm just straight. No, he's not. Love. He is not. I was at Blake Label. He is definitely not afraid of expressing man love. <laughs> I was I, multiple times. We just lost Mike. I have also been licked by Mitch. <laughs> Mitch has licked me numerous times. It's it's true. It's not a contest. I love you all equally. <laughs> But I've have you licked us all equally? I have not licked you all equally. I don't think I've licked Charlie. <laughs> nope, never. Nope, never. And then I, I don't think well, I... Well, you don't know what you're missing out on, Charlie. <laughs> unlicked. It's the name of my biography. <laughs> James remains unlicked also just because I'm like four foot six and <laughs> I couldn't reach licking James. I wouldn't be able to get there. <laughs> it would be in some awkward positions <laughs> anyway okay oh, wow. let's, keep it, let's keep it clean we'll keep it real it's weird Mitch. <laughs> hey, I, it did get weird i was going to try and do this with no edits because i would love to publish this one tomorrow for may the 4th which uh of course brings up what what our t today's topic is really going to surround kind of revolve around but uh the great star wars uh let's start Sorry, right what 
Never heard of it. What? Oh, it's it's, uh, it's a little <laughs> a little thing. I haven't seen that. Is that a movie? <laughs> I, I think you can catch it on uh, Netflix. I think my dad had television. that on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> What's a VHS? <laughs> right. Oh Ouch. I try showing somebody sub thirty a laser disc and see what happens. Oh, oh. Dude, what is this thing? Do you comb your hair with this? They would love that, man. They'd be interested. They'd be like, this is the most impressive vinyl I've ever seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's super hipster, man. It would be super hipster. Oh. Oh my God, wouldn't it? If a Wes Anderson film was on Laserdisc, they just their brain. There's got to be a couple of his on Laserdisc, right? There's a couple that made it on Laserdisc. Then we can check that for the fact check after the episode. We'll see. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) All right. So, hey, let me. I I saw something the other day, and then we're going to get into some heavier uh, Star Wars topics. But I just want to throw this one out at you guys because I thought I had it figured out. But um, I noticed that there was some discussion around an R2D2 plot hole. Why R2 never told Luke that Vader was Anakin, his father? Okay. Now, let me just throw you. That is awkward. That is a huge, huge plot hole right there. Is it though? Here's here's my answer, and then I want you guys to tear it apart. R two D two didn't know that Darth Vader was Anakin. In what scene or in what instance would he have that information? Well, he wasn't there, so yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. He wasn't there when the oh, transformation yeah, that's point. happened. He, he doesn't true. know. The only one that knew was Obi Wan. Right. Right. Does 3PO remember now that he's remembering shit? Does he know? No, he didn't get all of his memories back from he, that far back. Yeah, he got wiped after episode well, three. Didn't, yeah, didn't the writer after just say three. that he remembers everything? No, no, no. He only remembered to his last like memory dump. Right. Okay. Okay. So, which is why he didn't remember all their adventures in like the the last Star Wars movie that just came out. He didn't remember some of the stuff that had happened because he got his memory wiped, but then he re-downloaded from the last time what so he yeah. so he doesn't have all nine films in his memory bank he's just he's got no. six God, it's I more weird that obi-wan doesn't he's got more like five and a half who is at the beginning of episode four right yeah <laughs> like he should recognize recognize r2 i don't seem I to like remember that's... ever owning a droid <laughs> i think I well feel like you know what though obi-wan... that's that's a correct statement though he didn't actually own r2 Right. He has been aware of R2. R2 belonged to Anakin. You think Obi-Wan was that kind of dick? I didn't say own. I mean, I didn't technically own No, it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like Obi-Wan is like, so if you've ever met somebody that's not a dog person, they don't give a fuck or know anything about or care about dogs. I think Obi-Wan being not a droid person was like, I don't even care. I don't remember. Obi-Wan would have just thrown R2 off a cliff. I'll get another one. Right? No, that's how he was. And he even told Anakin that. And in the Clone Wars, they kind of explain that in the Clone Wars series, where he's like, uh, we're not going to go after your droid. We'll just get another one. And Anakin's like, no, I have to get my droid. Anakin was really attached. Hmm. To- right, but Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan would have known that. He would have known that uh, that Anakin was really attached. He would have known R2 just from that association. True. Like, I myself am not a dog person, and yet I have friends, you know, Charlie being one of them who has dogs, and I remember, you know, a dog, couple dogs of his that have passed away, and I know about them, and, you know, but I'm not a dog person. Right. True. Hmm. 
It's one of those, uh, I didn't write all this at one time, Star Wars plot holes that probably will never be solved. <laughs> which is which is fine. I mean, it's, that's to be expected. And I'm not, I'm certainly not one of those people who's going to like nitpick those types of things because it's not, couldn't have been thought out and fully, uh, you know, addressed. I guess it could have. Oh that? my God, yes, it could have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know what? They didn't have Kevin Feige back then. Oh, right. Man. Whoa. I mean, if if Kevin Feige had been at the helm, what would have how how would that have changed those movies? Feige is my master now. Feige he is my master now. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my my first question. Really, was that R two D two issue? And the reason that I found it to be particularly poignant is because uh, even Hamill said he couldn't answer that question, and I and I was kind of surprised. I thought it was pretty. Uh, uh, I thought it was pretty obvious. I, I think yeah, it is now. It's pretty obvious. I mean, You're if welcome. I hadn't had your if I hadn't had your guidance, Mitch, it wouldn't have been as obvious. <laughs> um, all right, well, great. Now I've got to edit that out. Thanks a lot. I'm gonna drop this in the movies channel here, but um, there were two Wes Anderson movies that actually made it to Laserdisc. Oh. Wow, which one? Uh, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore. That makes sense. Ah, uh, I should have known about Bottle Rocket. God, yeah. I didn't, totally forgot about that. They looked like they were super rare, not lots of copies made. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that's true. Laserdisc <laughs> was like totally on its way out at that time. Anyway, Tenenbaum yeah, yeah. was the first Frankenstein DVD right? release. They were Bottle Rocket. That was their premier film, Bottle Rocket. Right. Now, what was that, that's James? Right. I was going to say, I, I think I recall the Royal Tenenbaums being the first Criterion DVD release of nice. Might have been. Yeah. I love that movie. Wow. I love that movie. That's a great movie. I, I have that Criterion DVD release. Damn. Nice. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> well, if, if everyone is in agreement, then let's just move right on. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think we solved, I think we solved that whole R2-D2 thing. Yeah, we yeah. should just we should just forward that. Someone like uh, the, only, the only thing I discovered there is that Obi Wan's an insensitive prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, post that. No one's Nobody's disagreeing. Gonna no one's going to yeah, say anything. No, no one's going to argue that. Like, like, yeah. Um, so with uh, May the Fourth coming up, and uh, the other funny topic I heard was was Disney trying to own all hashtags. May the Fourth be with you. Did you guys get a load of that? How one? do you own a hashtag? What? That was the main thing. They they issued a uh, tweet that said, hey, if you tag any of your fil- photos during May the 4th and tag it, May the 4th be with you, um, we're going to enter you to win something cool. We got some cool stuff to unveil. And then they subsequently released another tweet that said, oh, by the way, if you tweet this out, if you tweet May the 4th, we own your whatever you tweet. We own your pictures. And people blew up. And they're like, uh, no, sir. Um, I just thought it was an interesting thing. Anyone care to comment on Disney trying to own a hashtag? Because they I own uh, trademark. I think they trademark the hashtag so they have some angle. I don't know how they would go for people's content. Because if you submit- see, it's weird though. Like as somebody, like I do social media for our visitors bureau here in Tucson, and you have to be a really good citizen about these things. Like my whole thing is that I. On our Instagram, we love to feature people's really pretty photos of sunsets, this, that, and the other. So when somebody tags their photo, hashtag Visit Tucson, we feature their stuff. But I see that relationship 
more from the standpoint of a community manager rather than like somebody trying to flex over IP we didn't create. You know, so if somebody tags their photo that way, I'm going to share it. But occasionally there have been instances where people hashtag a photo of theirs, we feature it, and then they're like, hey, I feel a little weird about this. Can you take it down? And I'm always happy to. So I think it feels just like a little bit of an overreach. Like maybe that was some sort of a miscommunication on their part. Like they don't want to pay royalties for using that content. Right. Right. Like if somebody creates something unique and then posts, may the fourth hashtag may the fourth be with you. And they take that content and use it in a commercial that's aired. However many times they're trying to get out of any liability of having to pay them some sort of fee or money. And, the problem is like, that's a really fuzzy line too, because yeah. I mean, basically the moment you share anything on social media, it's it kind of doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah. Like somebody yeah. else can get it, repost it, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really depends on the organization, like whatever their standards are with that kind of it's thing, but obviously, Disney, right. Good luck right. going against Disney. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're the they're the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, and nobody I found three nobody billion in the couch. For... I'm gonna sue your ass, <laughs> right? I, I want to ask you, James. Um, yeah, how many of those people who requested that you take something down were because they're like, "Oh shit, I was out with my girlfriend, and my wife is gonna see this sunset <laughs> <laughs> that I took a picture of." I'm sure they didn't tell I, you. Dude, your, your version of cheating <laughs> is way sweeter. Then I think people's <laughs> nobody's cheating on their wife and stopping for a fucking sunset. <laughs> um, <laughs> now there was one instance where somebody had it was like a more of a personal photo of a tattoo, which like it was of a really rad looking cactus tattoo, which is why I figured they you they tagged us, but like then they didn't want us to share it. I'm like, well, that's really weird then that you tagged it with our tag, so. At any rate, well, maybe their mom just one of those tattoos. Yeah, I think sometimes people just have weird cold feet or second thoughts about things. Fair enough. So, in reference to this specifically, uh, if I could just read this, this is exactly what Disney said on their uh, Twitter page. Yeah, thank you. They said, they said, by sharing your message with us using hashtag May the Fourth, you agree to our use of the message and your account name in all media and our terms of use here. And then they listed their Disney uh, link to their Disney terms of use. Now, I'm reading an article here. And one of the things that this article says is that legal experts pointed out that Disney's ability to stick Twitter users to a, quote, contract of adhesion, unquote, with the uh, company is limited at best, especially given its lack of rights over the hashtag May the 4th hashtag. Mm. So another thing that this article says specifically is that what Disney may be referencing is some outdated copyright laws that pre-exist or that predate the Internet. Right. Which of yeah, course, yeah, I mean, that's why they, that's why we have like these ridiculously long copyrights to begin with is because right. they've been fighting to keep Mickey Mouse theirs and not have that fall into public domain for decades. Yeah. So. There now let's see. Later on in this article, it says, and I'm not sure if I'm reading this right. Uh, so I'm just going to read it directly. It says instead, Disney must have intended its tweet agreement to obtain permission to use fan tweets and quote something special on the May the 4th end quote. Uh, since anyone who writes an original tweet has an automatic copyright in its text, Disney may have worried that said 
hashtag something special and hashtag would infringe its fans copyrights. So it sounds like it's, it's, if I'm reading that right, it sounds almost like Disney's worried that like their fans, uh, rights might get infringed upon somehow. Mm, Um, That sounds like a nice spin. Mike, what's your source? (laughs) That is, uh, so what I'm looking at is a, uh, an article from, uh, slate slate podcasts. Uh, this is by Charles Dwan dated April 30th of this year. So, how um, crazy is it though? Because I, I mean, I think back to being in a long line at a movie theater for Return of the Jedi when I was a kid, and if you if you would have just popped in as somebody comes from the future and says, "Man, every May the Fourth, they're gonna say May the Fourth be with you," I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, the cultural <laughs> impact. Yeah. Even whatever you might think of the movies or not, the impact is just unmistakable. I'm going to go take care of these yelling bitches and be right back. <laughs> and there's Speaking our first edit. <laughs> so let me ask you guys real quick, too, because now that we're, we're rolling up on May 4th and we have come to the end of the Skywalker saga, and I'm a little bit familiar with each of your, your backgrounds on Star Wars and where you you know stand a little bit as far as ex- expanded universe and were we done with going to these, you know, going to the well with all of the, you know, based off the original trilogy, et cetera. Uh, just a couple quick questions on the end of the saga. Um, one, how do you feel about Palpatine coming back? I mean, I know this has been addressed a lot since the movie actually came out, but him being a clone. And then last, do you guys feel that the saga has come to a, a decent close? And have you heard or what are your thoughts on this, the uh, idea of a sequel trilogy sequel later on down the road with possible do you have- children? 28 hours to sit here <laughs> well i know i know that's i really asked i dug myself a hole there i did i did no so i'm well i mean it's just pretty straightforward like for myself i'm i'm fine with the saga being done i loved it it gave birth to this this thing that we all love so much this uh skywalker saga um obviously there's a ton to discuss i i personally didn't have a big problem with palpatine being uh, kind of making a return only because he was there in the beginning he was there in the middle I don't have a big problem how they brought him back and the fact that they waited till the last film to even like give any indication. Um, I'm okay. That's fine. Um, I love the imagery of him on that big harness, which has now been uh, filled yeah. out like with uh, the, the almond harness. Uh, this is, I guess, it's like a legends. dark side fuck swing, right? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's closer to a Korean shame wheel. that's what it reminded me of but that was potato man (laughs) it's a beautiful imagery man this really is so i mean um optimus you are a big fan of of pushing the franchise in new directions exploring the old old republic maybe looking further into the future it's a huge wide galaxy uh what are your thoughts on on the end of the saga Uh, not in 32 hours Right. Um, so it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't have any problem with them bringing Pat at the point where they kind of left it. I, there were only two ways that story could have gone. And I think that JJ had a vision when he did seven that Ryan's vision kind of like stepped all over and JJ's like, okay, well the only way I can kind of bring my shit back is if I kind of do like a 180 corkscrew, no can can kickflip and bring Palpatine back. Um, and it, the way they explained it all made sense. And I loved 
the way they kind of like they kind of played Endgame with Rise of Skywalker, trying to tie in all eight movies. That was fun. It was cool. I had a blast. My kids loved it. Um, I was I was okay with Palpatine being back in the explanation. I guess in the book in the novelization, he goes into more detail and explains that he basically um, he basically as he gets thrown down that Death Star shaft, he basically force wills himself into that clone that lab he always had i guess yeah Boom, legit that, that makes sense right um fair i like that how he explained that snoke were like failed upstart clones of him or whatever like they were temporary vessels um i mean when all said and done my only complaint about seven eight nine because they were fun movies there's a lot of cool action set pieces we got some neat fun new characters but they didn't really do anything that wasn't already done at the end of six. So we start like that seven starts kind of like we're back at four. There's a galactic civil war kind of, and it's just like escalating. And uh, it was almost like a weird, loose dark, like B side remake of the original trilogy with a new spin on it. I really liked it, but it really did at the end of the day, when now we're at the end of this trilogy, it really didn't do anything that hadn't been done at the end of six. We're right back at the same place. We got somebody who knows the force and has all the textbooks to maybe start a new Jedi order or something. Maybe they're going to call them Skywalkers. I don't know. And, and the dark side, I'm going to air quote this. The dark side is gone. Air quote. Maybe we don't know. You know what I mean, and that's kind of where it ended at Return of the, the Jedi. Empire, so, right? I don't know about yeah, the dark right. side. Well, well, that's what I'm. Well, but this time, technically, if they killed all the Sith worshippers and Palpatine and everything on Exegol, there may be no, well, no Sith, not the dark side, but no Sith. Um, so, in that aspect, so that's kind of where I'm at with with that trilogy. I like it. I enjoy it. It doesn't really do anything to add to Star Wars. If I Never had to see seven, eight, and nine again. I probably wouldn't be sad. There were some cool parts in those movies, but they don't like to me. They don't really do anything to push. They didn't push anything. They were way too safe. As as huge of a Star Wars fan as I am, <laughs> they just didn't do Force much. Awa- I thought Force totally Awakens safe. was really good. Like I enjoyed Force Awakens a lot. No, no, I, I, this is what I'm saying. I enjoy all the movies. They're great. They just didn't do they played it really safe with force awakens then they let ryan go nuts in eight which i loved i loved eight and then they come back to nine and they're like man he went a little too crazy let's 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 like you know kind of wheel this in a little bit um wait wait i gotta interject you said you loved eight yeah this is, this, oh this is exciting. eight i felt i felt a little twinge in the force right felt there. the twimmer in the force yeah, I felt the yeah. in the force. well Michael, just because like i i I liked seven, you know, I enjoyed that. Uh, and then whatever happened in eight, I felt like, right? like everything. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think seven was nostalgic and I agree. It didn't really add anything to the mythos necessarily, but then eight just completely went off the rails. That's what I, I loved like, about what? it. Dude, no, no, the no. Best thing that but they not, could have done, and not in a good way. Like not in a good way. Oh, it's like it's like a like a train derailing in your hometown that's just like full of toxic nah. waste. The and only you have to drink kind water. of the only like, bit in eight that eight really, was just, really bothered me was that whole why we went to this casino planet subplot. It was like oh, we have nothing to do with. Yeah, and that rows. was that was like a third of the show right there was them right. in that casino planet. That part. So I if you take away that terrible. whole third of the show. And then take away another third of the show where the rebels are being hunted down and killed off until there's essentially only 12 of them left. 
and somehow they managed to start a revolution again. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, that whole chase scene across the entire, like, across the universe was just dumb. Such a waste of time. And such a waste of, like, to the time you could have taken to, like, tell a good story. Hold on one second. I, I wish they would have gotten someone less talented than Schmeagol to play Snoke, and then it probably wouldn't have been so disappointed when they didn't go further into that character. Wow, that's really the, that's a good point, though. You know, Snoke was so good and so well acted and so well performed that that the the disappointment I think came with the overshadow that comes with Palpatine coming back. Like, not that I don't like the story or how it went. It's just, it kind of left that beautiful Snoke character as a, as a big set of blue balls. You know, you never really got payback or payout on that. Let me hold right. you up right there, Charlie, real quick. Um, Cause I think you stepped away. I'm not sure if you heard the initial questions. Uh, Cause I, I didn't No. So here's the, the, the core question is how are you feeling about the end of the saga um, overall, like, uh, you know, how do you feel about, you know, was it closed off right? Did you have an issue with Palpatine being a clone, that kind of thing? Um, Mike was going on, and I, I think I sighed somewhere in between uh, Hoptimus and Arvig about episode eight. Like, because the, the, it did go off the rails. I would love to see some Star Wars off the rails. Um, however, I didn't think that an off the rails film belonged in the the uh, sequel trilogy like we're trying to close out a, a, a cohesive story so arvig so <laughs> overall how are your feelings about the close of the saga though i mean you didn't so you didn't overall like the close of the saying. saga yeah. i yeah i, I the, in eight like i could have done without two-thirds of that movie there okay. was a third of the movie i enjoyed um loud and clear nine though nine though i agree like you know they came back to it they're like all right we got to tie up all these loose ends which i think led to a bit of a disjointed storyline but I didn't mind it because I liked it. They tie, I liked how they tied up those loose ends. The only thing, the only thing that really kills me about nine was horses in space, man. I don't know how I feel about horses in space. We like, had tauntauns, that just, bro. We had tauntauns, right. but those were tauntauns. Okay, no, they were not horses. Just get to just solve the mystery and tell us that horses are the most like widely spread super intelligent species in the universe. <laughs> They're everywhere. They're you everywhere. Like they have Rona? made it everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we had elephants in Return of the Jedi. So elephants, the Banthas, oh, those were elephants those were with elephants. crap on top of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I guess it no. Was, I I enjoyed I enjoyed nine. I did. Nine I was loved, a blast. Like, it was, was a blast. I loved. Fun. Yeah, I had fun with it. And I loved Palpatine. I loved him being there. I loved the look. I liked the way they tied him to tied him into the storyline and everything. I, I liked it was great. that they got into a lot more Sith lore than they had ever even touched oh. in any of the movies. They had gone off on that stuff in the expanded universe, but to see that stuff in the movies, the, the only other movie that had that much Sith lore was Episode Three, and I felt right. like Nine. Mm. My, it's funny. My kids and I had watched. We watched four, five, six, seven, eight. And then we watched, um, they had already watched one and two, and then we watched episode three, and then we went and saw nine. And it was cool watching episode three like the week before we went and saw nine because the scenes with Palpatine and Anakin were fresh in my mind. And so when he's talking to Ray and even uh, Kylo Ren, he says a lot of the same dialogue he was using to try and coax Anakin into, you know, being a part of the Sith. So, that so was what cool. you're saying is that Palpatine's very unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he just he's got a stick and he sticks to his stick. Yeah. It sounds like you've created a whole new machete order order of watching the film. Oh, we'll watch him? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. I'd like to check that out. So uh, it's called the this movie is really dark. We're gonna save this one for last kids. Hey, no arguments for me. Yeah. Save the darkest for last. Uh James, how do you feel about yeah. the close of the saga, man? Um, I mean, we'll get more Star Wars films in the, you know, in our lifetime, I'm sure. But, you know, that bit is closed. I'm going to say that from the the very get-go, it was an impossible task to do something that everybody was going to feel okay with, that everybody was going to go, oh, yes, this, this meets all of my expectations, whether... You know, you're a 30, 40 something OT person or you got into it because the prequels were a big thing when you were young. Um, It had kind of an impossible task set in front of it. And so, you know, Seven sort of reminded you, oh, this is how these movies are supposed to feel like, you know, some there's supposed to be some swashbuckling and some funny stuff. Um, eight, I'm actually fine with a lot of these sort of crazy unconventional choices, because I think if you really look at it, like JJ set out with this really severe choice for Luke that is still implicit in his story. Like Luke is nowhere to be found and he's basically taken himself out of the equation. But the thing is, JJ took that story right up to the point where then Luke would open his yap and then he didn't say what comes next. So to a certain extent, he still bears the responsibility for what Ryan did with that because that was laid down a certain way. Um, you know, if the, if, the, if, if the balance has become so corrupted that the first air order exists and is that powerful, then really the only explanation for that is that Lucas basically completely decided to fuck off in one corner of the galaxy. So whether or not you agree with all the rest of those choices, I still thought he was really, I sort of understood like what he was striving for. And I'm still kind of amazed that given what a controlled commodity these movies are, that essentially they really did just let one auteur go, hey, man, write a script. Oh, cool. Now you're going to go direct it. Like, that's really what they did with it. And that's kind of insane. Like, obviously, it betrays a sort of lack of overall story planning. Um, But, and then as far as nine, like, my inner eight-year-old was completely enthralled the whole time. Um, My cynical 20-something-year-old aspiring screenwriter self was like <laughs> so i mean it's really kind of a and for the audience was that really, was a big eye roll you missed the eye roll yeah <laughs> i mean that was that was a really like you know uh, and I, again I, I don't know what kind of other choices there really were to be made and that's kind of the problem with star wars is that inherently like in the original trilogy that we all love two of those movies basically end the same way. So there's a really like lockdown set of expectations 
and you can't deviate so much, at least not in this format, which I think that really leads us, you know, I'm, I'm really glad it's over. I actually think for the overall health of the franchise, it's a good thing that it's done because we need to explore some stories that are not about that family or even Jedi's for that matter, you know, which obviously leads us into the rogue one, for example, uh, more the Mandalorian. We're going to touch on that particular. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know how anybody else feels about this. So when they announced, you know, the, um, anthology movies, I was like, cool. And then they did rogue one and I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, it was neat having that story fleshed out and it ended up being really good, but I wasn't too excited about it because I was like, okay, I don't want another OT. And then they did solo and it was the same sort of thing where I was like, okay, we're going back to the OT. I actually enjoyed solo quite a lot. It had a lot of cool stuff um, in it, but it didn't do too good. So now they're not doing any more anthologies, which is probably good because that got us to the Mandalorian, but I don't know what you guys felt about. Well, uh, I feel like everybody seems to love rogue one. But solo later is kind off the of podcast, action. I'm going to need you to quote me and cite the cool stuff in solo because I'm not convinced. Oh, man, I like solo. Oh. I like solo and loved Rogue One. I love yeah, Rogue, yeah. Rogue One. I, love Rogue I, loved Rogue One. I just felt like James and I have had this discussion before. It's like, I love the OT, but let's stop fan jerking it to the OT and let's move on to other stuff, older stuff or newer stuff or side stuff or just. I thought Rogue One was an exceptional kind of standout movie. I thought. I thought it was a brilliant way to plug in the whole lead up to a new sure. Oh, yeah. sure. I enjoyed that movie a lot. And I enjoyed that nobody lived. Right. <laughs> was, you know, the most to me that was sort of it brought that war to a place where it was actually a war because people had to sacrifice themselves. Oh yeah. You know, I totally you, agree. You didn't see that much, uh, at least not until that movie came out, right? Not no uh no no Luke scenes and whatnot. And then I, I thought what you, what you were saying earlier, uh, Triple J, about uh, about how there was some there's so much responsibility to have to plug into three movies. I honestly don't know why you wouldn't. I thought it was the fact that they were on that schedule, and also they were sticking with the whole trilogy bit. I would have been completely receptive to a fourth movie, or even more time between really long movies and had them go into those things, even not so much changing. I'm not sure that the, uh, like eight, eight might be a really great three hour film. If it were a 10th movie that wrapped everything up, you know, or some shit like that, you know, if they had more room in there, I think it would have felt less, uh, Less ADD, you know, mm-hmm. less, I, I, I wrote this on Adderall, you know, like, right. I don't think, uh, I think that's kind of, I liked a lot of pieces that they put in, but I imagine they would have been able to explore Snoke more. I imagine they would have been able to explore Sith lore more, Palpatine. They would have had a, a lengthy Palpatine flashback moment of him willing himself or them, you know. Whatever the case, I don't think it necessarily, like you said, I don't know if there was too many choices for the director, but I think that starts with, we need a movie that's going to come out in a year and a half, and we need you to fill, this is everything you got to put in it, and by the way, no one knew that that director was going to do that, but we got to fix a few things here. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and, then, and then they go, they go to Kevin Feige. 
and they're like, Feige, what do you think? And he goes, hey, make it like Avengers. And they kind of tried to do that, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole on your left bit, I was surprised Falcon didn't show up to fuck with the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it did. The Falcon did show did, up. It, but I'm saying it did feel just a little a little too ham at that point. I loved it. That's the other thing. They're giving me something part of me wanted. Yeah. But the like you said, there's a part of me inside that's like, I thought I wanted it, but now I feel ashamed of myself for wanting it, but I still kind of love it. And it wasn't yeah. that same gravitas that, that Endgame had. Endgame right. had you emotional. I just watched Endgame This one had you like, again. knew it was coming. You know? I, see, here's my only thing about it, though. It really kind of sucks that, like, no one, like, the galaxy did not come in for Leia. The galaxy did not come in Ooh. for Solo. They came out for, like, old-ass Lando. <laughs> Just, like, charming. See, and this leads us, this leads us back to Solo. This leads us back <laughs> to Solo. I don't know. Oh. Like, it's, 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 like... Yeah, he's smooth. You're right. No, they did. I, I mean, right. Come on, who's not going to come out for him? Come on. I would yeah, totally come, people out for come out for Hillary, but they came out for Obama. I mean, there's maybe some of that going on. <laughs> maybe. Oh, 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 I thought we were going to squeak out of this episode oh, wow. without some politics. I thought he was hanging out in his like sex van at Burning Man. You know, <laughs> I just had this image of some redneck Star Wars galaxy farmer being like, "I don't trust that Leia." <laughs> Yeah. Well, James, I've been I've been telling Charlie and Mitch for years now that at the end of all of this, that we we're going to find out that Ray's father was actually Lando Calrissian. <laughs> that was that had, that had been my prediction from the beginning, and I'm sad that didn't come true. It seemed like that what they were like. That was another messy thing about Nine, though, was like his conversation with that one rebel girl towards the end, just like that's yeah, it's supposed to imply that it's his daughter. Is. Yeah. You know, he's like, mm, maybe we'll find out. And it was like, <laughs> let's go find out together. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of the delivery of that line. A little bit of a trope right. there, right? Yeah. Of course, Lando's going to have kids out there in the galaxy, right. doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, that's a whose series unto rough, itself. Man. Dude, that's Disney Plus's next series. Again, ties back to the solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Daddy movie on Disney Plus. <laughs> hey, I, I, I agree. I liked, I like Solo. I enjoyed. I had, it. I had fun with low it. expectations. So when it so came did out, I, I like, uh, and then I was like, ah, this is actually pretty good. And okay, so some of you guys aren't as crazy about the um, animated series that tie into it, but if you watch Clone Wars, no, Wait, who's guys? not crazy about that? Well, saying some people haven't watched all of them. So in Solo, when they start getting into Crimson Dawn, I was like, no, they're not going to. They're not going to do it, are they? They're not going to. And at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, my God, they did it. And I was like, holy crap, we now have Darth Maul back in the movies. Right. right. Yeah, I thought I was excited by it. Right. So people that didn't watch Clone Wars. Didn't you know, Ray know Parks is excited die. about it, too. I bet he quit McDonald's in no time, man. He was just like, I'm going back. So Come on now. Uh, come on. Hey, before we move on to all that good stuff. So that's in, in, in your then in the closing then. So we've gone across everybody. Charlie, your thoughts then on the just the close of the, the saga, positive, negative. I mean, you, you did give a, a, a good. I think know. I kind of gave all of it there about it. I thought it was okay to wrap it up. I wanted more from areas yeah. I wish they would have explored, but they didn't. Um, I was kind of disappointed that Ray 
wasn't the daughter of Solo and the girl from that woman he was in love with. From that would have been awesome. I'm, mm, I'm with you on that. Great. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I really thought that would have been a great kind of cool yeah, twist connection. Yeah. Khaleesi. But, um, the so, whole, the whole, you know, I, I just felt there were a couple of MacGuffins in there that, again, with more time and more movie or more film, maybe yeah. another film, they would have been able to to kind of flesh it out in a way that I would have found enjoyable and palatable. But do we all leave I'm, in a I'm happy, happy place? Done. I want more stories. Okay. I want different stories, okay. man. You know, New nice stories. to Republic sounds exciting to me. I like this guy, Mitch. Talk to him some more. <laughs> I'm glad that I could facilitate this joining of of minds because uh, I know Mike's like been to... keeping us all apart for a long, long. This time. is not true. Yeah. <laughs> but do you see, Mike, how I facilitate bringing these minds accept, together? No, exactly, true. right, Charlie? Right. It's okay. I don't know what you guys are talking okay. about. We love you. Anyway. Mike doesn't share toys. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that is not true. I've hung out at Mitch's house and shared his toys plenty of times. G.I. Joe's, they were his. They were mine, I won't lie. Not yours, Shadow. That's right. So there we go. We got everybody's kind of take on the the, the close and the end of the saga. Uh, And now, now we move forward with the, the franchise. Tomorrow is May the 4th. A big holiday. When did it become a holiday? Does anyone know the date that that actually kind of became Ooh, a thing? Computer it's look so, at time. I don't know. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Nobody look it up. Nobody look it up. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> What's the bet? You got to bet a year. I'm going to say... 1998. I'm going to say 1991. Okay, Charlie says 1991. I say 98. I'm going to say 2000. Okay. I'm going to okay. say 2001. The thing is, I don't even recall that being like a marketing point during the prequels i don't either it really wasn't much more recently it is i think i i think i shot way early i want to say it's like a 2011 thing probably not the first time you said that okay (laughs) all right let's figure it out when did may the fourth start wow i see it anybody said anybody else look it up i haven't looked it up Uh, i'm looking it up so here we go we got the answer coming right up after this break all right, and we're back. I've got the date with Mike. Okay, with the answer. Let's have that date. So, according to what I found here, it looks like 2011 was the first time that. Uh, oh, oh, we got a winner on the nose. <laughs> J J J, that man, you <laughs> brains. Well done. I only yeah, missed it by 20 years. Because the thing was, I remember there were a bunch of weird, like, local events. Like, Hotel Congress actually had, like, Shout a out falling to the Dirty Death team. Star ball. They had a falling that, like, Death Star ball? Down. Yeah. Oh, they did, wow, like, that's a cool. event and, like, a concert, and they had, like, a giant Death Star ball that, like, came down, like, the New Year's ball. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to be there. I wish I could. They don't do it, it anymore. Does else feel bad that the hottest Princess Leia was like, now we know she had a real severe eating disorder. And right. <laughs> and loved her. Because I get a little torn up. I mean, it doesn't stop me from jacking off. I'm just crying when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a dry guy, Charlie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and that would be edit number two. 
Oh my god! So as we move forward, guys, what are you guys most like most excited about with the franchise? I mean, we have a lot of things to look forward to. Obviously, Mandalorian. I think um, the general consensus is that it was a big win. I don't know how everybody else feels around here, but we'll t- we'll hit I that. Loved it. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, I'll tell you why. Here's why Mandalorian works. All right, let's do that. Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni. Dave Filoni. He took the Clone Wars and made it amazing. He took Rebels yeah. and holy cow, like that was some of the best Star Wars I had seen. I mean, yeah. as fun as the sequel trilogy was, I'd take Rebels over the sequel trilogy all day, every day. I agree with that. Yeah, second and third with that. But but to my point, However, right, they had they had the ability to write in with so many episodes in front of them. You got to explore that universe and that world, and they took it seriously. I think you could have done so if had they done the same thing. I think honestly, if they gave Filoni a movie trilogy, we would have that same magic in a movie trilogy. He just understands that universe in a way that not a lot of people do, and he knows how to take the vision of George and make it work without it being. So he's like the Kevin Kevin Feige of Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love it. Lucas is great, but his 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 visions are great. His ideas are great. His actual writing is not very good, and his directing is very just standard. He's not. Yeah, maybe you maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always heard that Lucas came up with the idea for Star Wars, but he didn't come up with the script for it. The original, so no, the original trilogy. He wrote four, four, five, and six. He wrote. He had other people flesh it out. No, no, no. This is what happened. He wrote the script, but it was so bad that the producers and James, I remember we talked about this a lot. They all came in. They're like, George, we know. And they came in and there was a lot of rewrites, lots. Uh, oh, okay. Between, uh, mm-hmm. um, what's the producer you love, James? I'm totally spacing this. Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz and everybody, they got a lot of people to come in and doctor. And even the actors themselves, I know Harrison Ford said, I'm not saying that. And he would say a different line and they would, they would change right, the right. script. Cause, right. Yeah. Well, because no. I've heard I've heard that for years that like George Lucas, you know, he great visionary has awesome ideas. Willow, but uh, I, was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's an example. <laughs> we need a sound drop of that. Oh, dude. Is the per- Willow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, because you guys were all waiting for me to say, like, Indiana Jones, right? Because, uh, you know, he partnered with Spielberg nope. and worked on Indiana Jones with the ideas. But, I like but yeah, I, I love Mad Mardigan and Sorsha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, to be a dissenting voice, though, I know uh, it seems like everybody loves The Mandalorian, and I'm still on the fence. Oh, so that's really? good. So that's yeah, that's that's the discussion about moving forward with the franchise. So what say yeah. you, naysayer? Yeah, naysayer. What wasn't it? What wasn't it? Uh, catchy? Uh, yeah, you know, I wish I wish I could pinpoint something was exactly. I know. Of, uh, lack of lightsabers. Individuals. <laughs> vertically challenged individuals. You mean Ewoks? Like no. Miller. You wanted a you wanted a willow. <laughs> oh. uh, and he was he uh, the actor who portrayed Willow. I guess they did have that dude. Wicked, Wicked I have yeah, that I hated that guy. I hated that guy, and like I hated the scene where like the Mandal the child first reveals his powers when the Mandalorian is fighting that creature because he has to go get the egg for the Jawas. I'm like that was weird to me. I didn't like that part of the storyline. 
Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't grab me. And then I think part of it, I think I've discussed this with Mitch a little bit. Part of it was the music that they had for the series. I I'll agree like with you there. The score oh, wasn't, okay. I don't know. I don't know about the score. You can just kick him out now. I'm done. Oh, so I'm out too. <laughs> yeah, we're both out. <laughs> I'm just saying there were things there the that I didn't care for. Music I'm just giving good. you a hard time, man. I thought the music was great. I love that they went for that kind of back to that Wild West in space, once upon a time in the Old West kind of a musical Yeah, theme I didn't get the, that from the music. Really? Man, no, that, you know what? That was if like, you want, like, they were rubbing one out to Morricone on half of those tracks. Dude, if you want to talk about like like Wild West in space and music oh, and know, stuff, I hope uh, I I'd have to going. go back. Uh, where do you think I'm going? Just I think you're going Firefly. I was going Firefly. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's exactly where I was going. Because they did a great job with the music in that series, and I've watched that since uh, since watching The Mandalorian. Because I actually was curious about whether or not what like what effect the music has. I think music is a is a huge part of any movie, and I think so, they got it wrong for The Mandalorian. Is that to suggest that you would hold up the first season of Firefly as being overall better than the first season of The Mandalorian? Uh, aspects of it, yes. There were certain certain episodes that I did not think were that great. But if I were to take that as a whole, I think that the Firefly uh, season one as a whole was better than season one of The Mandalorian. I'll take that challenge, and say, I'm going to back that. Would you say that if The Mandalorian had like one or two hotter chicks around for about <laughs> six or seven episodes, <laughs> that would change your opinion? If The Mandalorian had one or two hotter chicks around for the entire season, no. Still wouldn't change my. I mean, I realize I'm. I very much love hot chicks, but uh, yeah, that still wouldn't. I'm sorry, man. I mean, if Star they Wars did it with a couple I, of hot chicks and like uh, just the entire album of White Snake, greatest hits. <laughs> you know what? That, would, that would absolutely change my opinion. Yeah, yes. See, that 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 is the way. Oh. There were two things missing. Uh, it was Christina Hendricks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to solemnly nod to that. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so there we go. We got Mike's take. James, I didn't hear much from you about the future of the, the franchise, man. What, what do you think? Um, I am, re- like I said, I'm really glad the Skywalker saga is done. I think getting away from that and looking in other places and giving new space for new characters, which, you know, that's really, if there is a tragedy with the sequel trilogy, it's that they came up with some really interesting characters and most of them did not get to evolve in a really interesting way. Like Poe is kind like, that was the thing was that there was such a major point with Poe sort of growing into leadership Poe is solo zero sugar. And then in nine, <laughs> and then in nine, that was all gone. He was just right back to his cocky self. And I don't think he really changed at all. You know, um, Finn also felt like kind of a giant waste. I mean, that entire yeah, Canto bike subplot in episode eight was just mm-hmm. something for him to do that felt really, really contrived and, was probably the most prequel-like element 
of the <laughs> of the new trilogy. How you do know? you feel about them giving that Asian actress like the cold shoulder in the last movie? Oh, that was kind of weird. I mean, seriously, they literally were like, you don't get love. You don't get anything. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. The intention with that character was, and I thought it was a noble ember. It's like, okay, if you're not like a hotshot pilot or a Jedi, what does this war look like from like the perspective of like like, a real grunt? You know what I mean? Like somebody just loading bombs or whatever. So I kind of understood what he was trying to do with that definitely do to a mixed result but yeah i mean uh, that's the thing is like the these sequels were so like weighed down by the presence of those older characters the sort of unsatisfying way those older characters were dealt with that it really kind of took away from them so i'm very excited about new things having nothing to do with that stuff um the mandalorian i found completely fucking delightful i mean yeah uh in terms of just having on the whole spaghetti western eats meets east meets west thing it was exactly what i was hoping for um you know there's always been this sort of implicit promise laid down from episode four where it's like what is this shadowy underworld of Star Wars? Like, what's the deal with bounty hunters and Where these people Solo that take searching? on these missions for money? And so, you know, that's a thing that I've been waiting to see really, you know, explored for a hell of a long time. And Plus, Dylan has obviously been pushing too many pencils because his arms are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Right? So, do you feel like that? So, then the best way to understand the end of the of episode nine is that that's where they can't go forward from that point with any IP without having something to do with Ray and the Skywalkers because Luke's now an icon for the for the galaxy. Everybody knows about him, right? Standing up to a bunch of walkers. Like even in his path, like he's now become something legend, way yeah. way big. Yeah, like you're not going to get away from the Skywalker name now, which is why I think they call them Skywalkers going forward. I'm glad we. And I'm I glad totally you're taking think this, they Charlie. gave themselves. I think they gave themselves an opportunity for another set of movies. Personally, I think the way that movie ended left a couple of opportunities for them to go. Do you feel okay with to. that? You, they definitely left it there, but do you feel okay with that? I do. I w- I'd be game if they did that, and and we break new ground and and really yeah. just yeah. go somewhere else with it. I mean, I'd like to see that whole like because when she buried the, the the two lightsabers, and then following uh, uh, Kylo's whole you know touch on her abdomen to bring her back, I just had this thought that they were insinuating something there. It really kind you know, of felt that, that way. It felt like another virginal. You're not thinking like another immaculate conception. No, immaculate and conception. they're going to get their aunt and uncle swords, and one of them's going to be evil as fuck, and the other one's going to be, you know, <laughs> angelic. And they can go through this whole story ground with it in a lot of different ways, however they want. I hope you're wrong about that. <laughs> Just telling you what I thought. No, no, I, I can see. I can see why you would think that. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> but really, ten years from now, when this becomes nostalgic for a whole other generation, you couldn't see them 
firing up another trilogy about the children of Ray. I could see it. Yeah. I could totally see it. I think having, like, them having daddy gone. issues because he's gone and she has to explain to them who this monster was that she loved. <laughs> I just kind of hope they don't go that route. Yeah. I think if they ever mess with the Skywalker name again, it's going to be a reboot and they're just going to try it from whatever they conceive of as episode one. Right. Yeah, Some right. point down the road. That's a discussion for another time too. Like, is there a non-rebootable franchise? Is there something that we can't reboot? Is there something that Hollywood shouldn't reboot? Uh, I mean, some of those things could involve things like recasting. Should they ever recast Indiana Jones like they've recast Bond? Should they reboot Star Wars? Should they reboot Harry Potter? I think that we should revisit that in another podcast down the road because that's something to discuss. Sure. Definitely. I guess it's just who they're marketing it to. You know, it's not for us. I think that's why we have a hard time accepting it, right? If they do reboot it, we're not who they're doing it for. They're doing it for somebody who doesn't remember all the original stuff. Yep. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But to go back to the Mandalorian for a second, I like that there wasn't this, uh, you know, I like the reveals at the end and whatnot, but kind of what I've heard referenced already. I like that it's, uh, all of the world and underbelly of the where the other stories take place, and that you're seeing that in process, and you're you don't you know not everything's cornerstone with a Sith and a Jedi, mm-hmm. you know to some extent. You know what I mean? The episodes are really dealing with people. You're definitely a, a man of the people, Charlie. You're always like raising the flag for the everyman, and I can appreciate that. <laughs> I dig that. Uh, that's a, that's that drives a story. That's that's drama. All right, well, cool. So we've got some like some some reflections on the future of the franchise. We got some uh, feelings on the close of the franchise. Uh, random thoughts? Anything you guys want to plug in there? Well, we got a couple more minutes here and throw it out there on Star Wars. Something you wish, something you you wanted to see happen, didn't see happen, or something. Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody's following the current quote unquote final season of Clone Wars, but it's been really really good. They actually brought Ray Park in and mo-capped him for these Darth Maul fight scenes, and it's been like pretty damn amazing. Wow! Yeah, it's. I haven't seen it yet either. No, but I definitely will. So good, and and the rumor is that we're going to get a sequel series to Rebels, and I really hope that's true because the way they ended Rebels kind of left it like, uh, what? (laughs) And then we've got Mandalorian season two, and they're bringing in. Ahsoka, and they're bringing yeah. in Rosario Darson to play Ahsoka. Amazing. Right. And then yeah, the rumor is, is that Ahsoka's going to get her own show too, or her own, at least a season or whatever. Who knows? Um, I think she's a cool character. She's yeah, really I think they cool can do character. a lot with that. Great casting and, uh, choice too. Mm-hmm. I guess she kind of lobbied for the role for a while. Good for from her. From what I understand. So. Well, that's the thing. That show, that set of series, Clone Wars and Rebels, has such an it's a huge following outside of a what people might assume is the demographic for the show. The writing is clearly not for children. It's a it's good for show. all ages, right? They all they ages, do like yeah. like um, when I first saw the Batman animated series, I was like in high school, and I was like, "This is awesome" because yeah. I can tell that little kids can watch this, but this is definitely aimed at older. It's got a, yeah, a right. timeless kind of demographic where you can watch and go, oh, this is Batman. This is awesome. But a kid can watch it and it's not over the top. I wish and they would capture that Batman in a movie. 
That that would be great. Right. Yeah. And that sounds like a good podcast. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's such fertile ground for a podcast. Just just on that's that. like a six week, twelve part podcast. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just I just yesterday started playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, so oh, good. nice, yeah. so and, good. Uh, man, I'm a I'm a Dark Souls fan, and I started off on the hardest level, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's hard, nice. fun. Beautiful. You guys all seem to really enjoy that. I saw like a general like consensus and heard like this joyous sound come forth when you mentioned that game. I started it. I was trying to play it, and I I couldn't get behind it because of the lead character. Someone help me out. Why why do I care about that guy? He seems a little bit whiny. Well, I think I'll start by saying, Mitch, your your deep prejudice against ginger folk is uh, <laughs> is just you know shining through, and I think. Hatred isn't something we should trade in here, man. I'm and working on it. I, I appreciate you calling that. To, yeah, I appreciate that. They have right. souls like the rest of us, Mitch. I, I haven't seen that proven, <laughs> but I'm working. Okay, that's fine. Got it. Put that's on, why you didn't like it. Okay. It was the first. I mean, right. I, I don't, I didn't really have a problem with him, but I think what drew me into the game was, I actually was kind of like, ah, it's EA, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, wait. Even though I knew it was Respawn and I love Titanfall 1 and Titanfall 2. Enjoyed but when I saw that the game was kind of a mix of something like Metroid Prime meets Dark Souls, I was like, oh crap, I got to play yeah. that. Like, and that's Star Wars, I was like, dude, that's like the triple tentpole boner package that I have to <laughs> Play. The Dark Souls bit got me, man. It, I mean, so it was clear. The it was the Metroid look. Prime bit that got me the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls was kind of like, oh, that's cool. I love the first Dark Souls. I haven't really gone back to that series. It was a very uh, love hate relationship. Me and Dark that game Souls. is a love like, hate relationship. Like after I after I beat game. it, I was like, okay, I don't want to play this ever again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I played all of them and I've beaten oh. all of them several times because I'm absolutely a nut job. I shouldn't have done I, it. Oh my god, it worked, man. I believe you heard it. it in his voice. If you have to do ten push-ups every time you die in that game, no, you're that gonna would be get horrible. You're gonna get sore quick. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate all this time you put in. I'm going to go and do some angry push-ups now. Just looking at that. Ginger. I bet there's just a, a back room full of torn posters of Carrot Top. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Carrot Top and Ron Weasley. I'm enemy number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just need an answer to this. And this is going to be our closing question. Because I've seen it posted to other people out there, and it's a really, it's actually kind of a simple one, and one that I feel kind of strongly about, and we'll cover it real quick, and then we'll close it out. Does Palpatine's resurrection invalidate Vader's sacrifice? Wow, James, no. I would say no. Oh, you guys are too quick. You guys are quick, so I'm gonna need you to defend your answers. Uh, I think it kind of does. <laughs> okay, you think it does? Yeah. I'd say no, because I think if the battle was to save his son and to save his soul, then it definitely doesn't invalidate his battle because he did he accomplish both. That's kind of where I was going to go to. I mean, well, how he would he know work. at the time there's oh, this is kind of going into the EU stuff. Sorry, guys. Um, in the <laughs> Darth Plagueis novel, Sidious was 
so smart and so crooked and so evil. And he was so smart that he betrayed his own master and he knew that he had to keep secrets from his apprentice. So I don't think he ever told Anakin or Vader everything that he could do or not do because he never wanted his apprentice to beat him because he beat his master. He was, he was the way they layered him in that book is that he was like the smartest, crookedest. Well, that's why he always had other apprentices. He had more than one apprentice for a reason. Yeah. So I mean, um, back up your back. But I, but but I can I can see James's point too. I mean, that's the whole thing. That's kind of what we circle back to. What did seven, eight, and nine really do for the franchise? Not much. <laughs> like they're fun movies, but we really didn't go anywhere from where we ended at Return of the Jedi. We kind of right back where we started. Um, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said there with the, you know, the actual with narrative and and story and legend and myth when we, you know, end up back where we started. I mean, kind of that's how it works. It's very cyclical. I mean, they could right? go forward from episode nine, but have it be really wrapped up in the the origin of the dark side of the force in a character. Like sure. That yeah, that's what I mean. Take. Yeah, that would be great. From 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 nowhere, you know, like what like evil from nowhere. Not not guided by some Sith Lord or by some genius uh, politico uh, psychopath, you know, like just somebody who's born and over time, for random reasons, has this lean to do some evil twisted shit. And you're on that journey of kind of seeing that develop. Now, if I saw that and Ray's character had to deal with the fact that that was her child. And the acting that would come from that, I could really get into a series or a movie that was kind of focused on that, where the sacrifice would be her having to get rid of her own kid kind of thing. You know, well, I mean, so I mean that- they sort of tried to do that with this one with with uh, Leia and uh, Kylo Ren a little bit. They just didn't succeed yeah, very well at it. I'm, but Kylo Ren being led by true, true, right? I'm just saying, like. You kind of, you know, they've had those movies out there, like The Good Son and shit, you know, like for some reason the kids (laughs) like to kill animals and push kids off a cliff. You're leaving me some great fodder for the description, like we're bringing up The Good Son, you know, like, (laughs) you know, was that, that was Macaulay and Elijah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, well, what you're talking about is the origin of evil. Oh, did you freeze up? Yeah, we're the, the origin of evil, oh. birth of evil. Like, wh- where does it come from? Like, where is its source? That's especially it. with the force, and that yeah. never having been explained. Like, you kind of oh. it's almost intuitive that the good side you can relate to, but if you're just looking at the movies and nothing else, they okay, I was gonna say they kind of touched on that in Clone Wars. Yeah, in Clone Wars they do. Yeah. The more seeing if they do it in a movie setting, right? Great, right? All right. Uh, so we got. Uh, what we got one yes invalidation. We got a no, no doesn't invalidate. Charlie, what was your your final answer on does Vader's sacrifice invalidated by I the resurrection think, of Palpatine? I don't think Vader knew that Palpatine had that potential, and I think his sacrifice ended up being uh, Luke's opportunity to do the same later in the series. You know, if he hadn't oh. been there to do that, one wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. All right, <sighs> boy. I got to say, guys, this has been so great because, you know, I, I think for what, like a little over an hour, haven't thought about the outside world, haven't had to like, be stressed about all the stuff that's going on out there. But with that in mind, though, we still want to send out a message of everybody be safe. Everybody yep. stay, uh, you know, 
stay in your little bubbles. Let's let's get over it. Let's be kind, and uh, hopefully, quite soon, I can see you guys all in the flesh. Because uh, I think I owe a couple of you a lick or two. <laughs> I like <Whoa>. Optimus. <laughs> parting Yo. words. Um, parting words. I don't know. Uh, it was great talking to you guys. I I could go on about Star Wars for hours. In fact, James yeah, and I routine. Yeah, hours. right, right. Um, parting words. Uh, we didn't even touch on it, but uh, everybody and anybody that's listening to this, if you haven't played Streets Rage Four. <laughs> you know, hearing you talk about it makes me want to give it a shot it's oh my so goodness good. it's so good yes so I'm with good. you Arvig um, I just uh, you know thanks again for inviting me on I always have a great time hanging with you guys and talking about things that really truly matter like Star Wars <laughs> um, I, I love the franchise um, I'm excited to see where things go from here um, I have watched all of the Mandalorian. I do want to say that, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, like everybody else seems to be. Uh, and I will watch Neither the next season once it starts coming out. So <laughs> has nothing to do with gingers there, Charlie. No, you're going to have more <laughs> women are going to be in the next season and you're going to suddenly like it a lot more. Just watch. Actually, you know what I did like about the last season it was the very, Oh, well, <laughs> it was a very <laughs> cliffhanger. Oh, my God. Perfect. Tune in next week to hear what Arvik had to say about what he really liked. <laughs> oh, bye, <Jamie>. everybody. <laughs> James. <laughs> uh, great to be on, as always, Mitch. Um, uh, great to meet you, Triple C. Yeah, um, nice. same, same back at you, man. Mikey, you know we could do this for hours on end. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for season Mike. two of Mando, and yes, everyone should go play Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> and uh, C-Trips? Yeah, I'm, I mean, guys, it's really fun talking to you. I really had a good time with it all. And oh, Mike, sometimes I have fun when you're Yeah, on. I'm back. Yeah, the- <laughs> this was <laughs> We've all been waiting on the there. edge of our seats. Arvig, what 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 were you saying? Yeah, what's the last part? Oh, saying, the last man. last part I was saying was I love the dark saber. Okay. At the end of Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. At the end of uh uh Mandalorian. Did, did you so, not watch Clone Wars? No, no, I did watch Clone no, Wars. Okay. Had, I, have, I have. Yeah, that's why I was excited to see it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Some people I know they stopped like, what does that mean? I was like, oh, I had to like have like a three hour discussion with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, those should, I hope they keep they, they should keep that whole type of animation going. Telling those stories that way episodically is meaty. It's fun. Worth it. Yeah. My kids are digging it, so if that's an indication, they're six and uh, almost nine and they love it. So I think that they're on the right track and it'll keep going. I can't believe your kids are that old, dude. We're all getting crazy. Cool. <laughs> all right. Yeah, hey. I can't. I can't believe he's that old either. I can't believe you're that old. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey. So thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Um, I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna like uh, second, the, or maybe I guess it's third at this point. Uh, Optimus and James uh, sentiments. Uh, he. Optimus got me to download uh, Streets of Rage right before we started this, and I didn't get much time on it, but oh my god, buttery, smooth, beautiful. The the jams were just like taking me right back. The animation was really, really impressive. So responsive. So I'm with them. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, Streets of Rage. It's 4. on Game Pass if you have Xbox Game Pass. And if you yeah, don't, it. it's only it. 25 bucks. 
Yeah. It's, it's worth your time. It's from Retro Goodness. Cool. Thanks, oh, man. My goodness. I'll try it out. <laughs> so not exactly related to the entire topic, but we'll have to come back and visit that sometime soon. Uh, guys, be safe. Hey, a games episode would be great. A games yeah, episode? I'm in. Let's, yeah. Bring, let's do this five. Let's do it. This is, we're like Voltron. You're the black lion. <laughs> Wait, lions or cars? Well, we need a lot of lions. lions. We were doing vehicle team Voltron. We need like, what was vehicle team Voltron? There were five, five per vehicle, and there were yeah, yeah. There'd be yeah. fifteen. Uh, Got to do lions, man. That's all, yeah. all good for the lions. Yeah, games episode would be awesome, man. Yeah, we're gonna drop a channel into the uh, the Discord so that we can. Uh, Fire off some thoughts. And oh, yeah. I'm going to be harassing you guys all the time in here now that Mitch gave me access to the Discord. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexy. Well, that that name is the same as my gamer tag. So find me are you on. Are you on Xbox? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll add you right now. <laughs> cool. Just... And with that, I... that's ruminations, bringing people together one more time because that's our, <laughs> our mission statement is joining spirits and souls across the galaxy can we get uh, phil collins to sing this because i'm not feeling it okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> hey guys i love seeing your faces i love hearing your voices uh take care be Thanks, well man. and don't forget let a smile be your umbrella Is that a baby Yoda cup you're drinking out there, James? What is it? No, it's a regular ass Yoda. <laughs> it's regular ass Yoda. It's regular ass Yoda. <laughs> 20th century Yoda, man. He's had yeah, that for that's the shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Church's chicken. Hey, real quick during the break, uh, Mike Moran. fried chicken. Yeah. You're Destro, right? I was a long time ago. Okay, that's what I thought. Gold. I recognize your voice, dude. From? uh, From hanging out with you at Mitch's house, from seeing you at the Grant and Swan store from time to time. Yes, yes, Um, yes. What's his name? Uh, kid who was always telling telling lies, tried to make him sound real. He used Dustin. to call you Destro all the time. Dustin, Dustin yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, that's that was, a, yeah. yeah, that's he an was the stunt show. double for the bassist from Van Halen. It's, it's an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? That kind of bullshit is so wonderful. That makes my life happy. Somebody <laughs> crafted that shit and floated it. I was the stunt double for the basis for Van Halen. Awesome. Oh, this kid come this kid came up with some tales, man.